హలో అండ్ వెల్కమ్ టు ద ధర్మా పాడ్కాస్ట్ సో వీ గాట్ అ లాడ్ ఆఫ్ ప్రేజ్ అండ్ క్రిటికల్ అక్లెయిమ్ ఫర్ అ లాంగ్ ఫామ్ క్రిటిక్ ఆఫ్ ద టూ థౌజండ్ సిక్స్ బాలీవుడ్ బ్లాక్ బస్టర్ ద సూపర్ హిట్ మూవీ రంగ్ దే బసంతి పబ్లిష్డ్ ఇన్ ద ధర్మా డిస్పాచ్ ఫస్ట్ వీ ఆల్సో గాట్ అ లాడ్ ఆఫ్ రిక్వెస్ట్స్ ఫర్ మేకింగ్ అ పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఆన్ ద సేమ్ క్రిటిక్ అండ్ సో హియర్ వీఆర్ లెట్స్ జంప్ రైట్ ఇన్ Rangde Basanti is jointly written by Rakesh Om Prakash Mehra, Kamlesh Pandey and Rensil De Silva. It was produced by Roni Skruwala of UTV Pictures. Back when it was released in 2006, Rangde Basanti was a massive hit. All kinds of adjectives were used for it. It was described as a film that awakened the youth of India to political corruption. It was said that the film had struck a deep chord in the society. It was said that it saw an upsurge in youth activism. It also supposedly invoked positive reactions in Pakistan. Indeed, Rangde Basanti is a really well-made movie. The craft of filmmaking is impressive. The screenplay is quite solid and the photography is truly gorgeous. Except that rangde basanti is explicit communist propaganda shot on a lavish budget let's break it down in detail but before we get into that before we try and understand how rangde basanti is actually communist propaganda we need to get into a slight background of how communist propaganda was done in bollywood in the 1970s in those days commercial cinema could not be overtly used as a vehicle for communist propaganda simply because the audience could not understand the symbolisms and the slogans and various marxist theories uh, projected on the screen it was a largely uncorrupted simple and a very innocent audience which looked for pure entertainment drama song and dance sequences emotionally charged dialogues some action sequences basically pure uh, mindless entertainment this is why the so called art films anyway art films are uh, uh, over the years they've been known with a polite word called parallel cinema simply because almost every single art movie that was made in those days were miserable flops the closest that uh, any bollywood writer or uh, director or ideologue could uh, you know push communist propaganda in mainstream commercial cinema there are uh, notable examples like um, uh, javed akhtar a hardcore islamist and um, Kadar Khan who passed away recently uh, people like them basically had a very simple formula to push uh, uh, marxist propaganda in commercial cinema they like communism does they divided the entire society into two broad categories the rich who were always shown as evil and uh, oppressive and exploitative and uh, the poor people who were always shown as being oppressed and downtrodden uh, all sorts of uh, abuses heaped on them 
uh, a corrupt system which favored the rich so scripts basically revolved around uh, this simple formula and within this simple formula a larger narrative was constructed which used different elements of uh, you know family sentiments brother sister sentiments and uh, not often with a tragic ending where this crusading uh, uh, poor uh, communist hero uh, would be a victim of the larger of this larger corrupt system but the india of the new millennium that is after 2000 this india was a vastly changed social and cultural landscape what was known as communism had completely come apart after the fall of the ussr or the soviet union communism was now splintered into billion pieces and it was the ideological wreckage of more than 15 years at least in india in this new india the poor and the low middle class now aspire to wealth and not a workers revolution but the same 15 year interval had also churned out what is known as the liberalization generation which today largely dominates large parts of urban india and this generation has absolutely no knowledge let alone the lived experience of life in a quasi communist dictatorship even the notion of standing for an hour in a queue to deposit uh, a check for 10 rupees uh, in front of a arrogant bank clerk who was a despot within his own cubicle even this very notion sounds unbelievable to this liberalization generation and this new generation was also a new hunting ground for the communists who still remained strong as ever a point that we shall explore in a little more detail so just think about it logically uh provoking mass fury and you know repeatedly stirring up uh, agitations and hartals and bands all this kind of provocation is relatively easy in a nation where the government itself enforces a shortage of various kinds and the frustration the jealousy the envy the anger and the hopelessness that this kind of environment uh, breeds uh, is really fertile ground to stir up this kind of violent agitations but in a country which repeatedly uh, you know throws up rags to riches success stories of say some guy from a remote village who's become a billionaire entrepreneur uh, in the US or UK by his own hard work in an environment in such an environment provoking mass anger agitations is bound to be seen as the first sign of a lazy loser and so how do you inject communist poison in such a landscape uh the way to do it in very simple terms is to alter specific areas of perception in the psyche of this very aspirational class that is that class which looks up to things like hard work entrepreneurship and wealth creation when you alter when you fundamentally alter specific areas of perception in this class then the so called communist revolution becomes easier 
to carry forward to the next generation and perception building is the embryo that nurtures propaganda well until adulthood which is a tactic the communists have perfected for more than a century so in this urban middle class india of the new millennium political corruption was still a glaring daily reality now economic liberalization which was done largely under the compulsions of desperate national circumstances in 1991 eventually grew up in a haphazard manner with no clear policies or guidelines for the future the other side of this liberalization of this new millennium this new environment was that you know political corruption which was largely in the realm of say a few crores in the 90s was now transformed into national plunder as a percentage of the gdp we are all familiar with um, you know the massive scams and loot of uh, the commonwealth games the 2g scam the coal scam and uh, god knows how many other uh, uh, instances of uh, uh, plundering the economy and uh, this is exactly the premise of rangde basanti the basic storyline of uh, rangde basanti is rather straightforward it is a courageous fight by a bunch of aimless uh, delhi based youth who find purpose meaning and fulfillment and even death in their fight against this corrupt political establishment this plot is as old as human civilization itself and it is uh, as evergreen if it is told well if it is told in a highly engaging fashion and rangde basanti tells it really well except that it is communist propaganda masquerading as a courageous fight against political corruption in fact the propaganda begins almost immediately as the opening credits begin rolling the iconic freedom fighter bhagat singh tells the british jailer one revolutionary is getting acquainted with another and then he closes the biography of the communist mass murderer lenin and marches to the gallows with a proud brave smile on his lips and this is barely 5 minutes into the movie and this symbolism which begins right here is relentlessly spray painted throughout the movie as we shall soon discover clearly the period uh, during which this sequence occurs is during the indian freedom struggle we have a background voice over of uh, the jailer one mr mckinley who actually has the task of uh, leading bhagat singh uh, and other revolutionaries to their final execution uh, the voice over narrates uh, his thoughts and his impressions uh, about uh, the courage the character and the convictions and the bravery of uh, these freedom fighters mr mckinley is deeply moved by their unyielding courage and unflinching patriotism which makes him embrace death as a friend with a smile on their lips a devout christian mckinley repeatedly asks forgiveness from jesus for sending all these brave revolutionaries to death he also leaves behind a diary 
where he records all these experiences as a jailer in India uh, with all these revolutionaries. Cut to the present. We are shown the character of Sue, the granddaughter of McKinley, who discovers his diary, reads it completely and is equally moved. She decides to do something about it and that something is to make a movie, a contemporary movie, that showcases the heroism and the great patriotism of these great revolutionaries. The subtle propaganda is introduced at this point. Sue is shown as a journalist, a TV journalist working for a British news channel. Its name is revealed in the large signage behind the reception desk for about three minutes. World Vision. As all of us are familiar, World Vision makes no secret of the fact that it is a global organization for converting non-Christians across the world into Christians. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how propaganda is done throughout the movie, at strategic plot points, through one-liners, props, backdrops, dressing, body language, dialogue. Sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's direct. So a British filmmaker who comes to India to make a movie about Indian revolutionaries is itself highly revealing. The former colonizer returning once more to save and redeem the former subject race which has forgotten its own heroes. This is propaganda at its finest. And then we have a racist colonial echo somewhere. Look at what a mess these Indians have created for themselves after we left. But the infinitely more tragic aspect of this whole movie is the fact that this narrative, this movie was made by Indians themselves which uh, shows the deep extent, perhaps the irreparable extent of our mental and psychological colonization till this date. And now we can quickly look at uh, the main characters of Rangde Basanti apart from uh, Sue of course. We have uh, Daljeet Singh or DJ played by Amir Khan. Then we have Karan played by uh, Siddharth. Then we have Aslam played by Kunal Kapoor. Then we have Sukram played by Sharman Joshi. Finally we have Lakshman Pandey played by Atul Kulkarni. In turn, each of these five characters are shown as the modern day equivalents of uh, the legendary freedom fighters, the revolutionaries. Amir Khan is uh, shown as uh, Chandrasekhar Azad. Siddharth is shown as Bhagat Singh. Kunal Kapoor plays the role of uh, Ashwakullah Khan. Sharman Joshi plays the role of uh, Shivram Rajguru. And uh, Atul Kulkarni plays the role of uh, Ram Prasad Bismil. Basically, the common point that uh, pretty much defines all five characters is uh, that they're all uh, jobless youths who have just passed out of college. They're directionless and uh, completely frustrated by uh, what is happening in an India that is uh, filled with corrupt people, mostly corrupt uh, 
political leaders and uh, businessmen. So when uh, Sue signs them up for uh, her film about Indian revolutionaries and uh, assigns uh, each one of them the character of uh, a freedom fighter that we've seen before, uh, they begin to read her script and as they practice their lines and get into the character, all five of them gradually undergo a profound transformation and uh, the process of this transformation actually forms the crux of Rangde Basanti. Uh, the fact that there is a film in a film, that is, Sue is shooting a film in the film called Rangde Basanti. This itself is a great dramatic technique. It's nothing, it's not a new technique. It's uh, as old as uh, the origins of uh, drama and theater. This fact itself comes straight off the communist template of using uh, art, literature, poetry, prose, novels, uh, books, drama and uh, of course cinema as vehicles for propagating the communist ideology. So you might ask the logical question, what exactly is wrong if uh, cinema is used as a medium to propagate uh, to spread the communist ideology in India. The short answer, everything. For the longer answer, we highly recommend that you listen to our podcast on the 100-year history of communism in India. So the logical end consequence, the final outcome of uh, allowing unfettered access to communist propaganda in any non-communist uh, country will chill us when we recall the fact that throughout its blood-soaked history, not a single communist regime has come to power through free and fair democratic elections. From Russia to the entire Eastern European bloc, the former Eastern European bloc, up to Cuba, communists have literally seized power through prolific violence and bloodshed against their own countrymen and once they are in power they have committed industrial scale genocide again against their own countrymen. Remember this final implication, this recorded fact of world history if and when you watch Rangde Basanti. The physical setting uh, in which uh, Rangde Basanti, large portions of the movie uh, takes place is quite interesting. In real life, uh, it was shot at uh, the India Habitat Center in Delhi. But what the movie really shows is the campus of the Jawaharlal Nehru University. The director Rakesh Om Prakash Mehra simply can't get enough of it. The camera captures almost every nook and cranny of uh, this real-life uh, JNU complete with its uh, infamous uh, Ganga Dhaba which is a permanent uh, hangout of uh, budding and uh, uh, advanced communist uh, students and ideologues uh, busy spouting Marxism instead of attending uh, classes, uh, drinking chai, uh, smoking endless cigarettes and consuming um, uh, banned substances, drugs like charas and uh, ganja. So the voiceless undertone of the whole environment literally screams aloud. Revolution 
is not only heroic, it is sexy and celebrated. Every illegal activity is a celebration. Spray-painting campus walls with ugly communist graffiti at night, binge-drinking and smoking uh, ganja in public, vandalism and indulging in behavior that endangers the lives of other people. And the rival student leader who objects to all this is shown as a regressive, violent Hindutva activist who wants to take away this freedom. Revolution is indeed sexy. Now let's uh, quickly examine, you know, in uh, brief detail some of the major characters in uh, Rangde Basanti. First we have Aslam. He is uh, shown as a stereotypical educated middle class uh, decent and urban Muslim who is uh, dressed up like uh, Che Guevara. Aslam's father is shown as the typical uh, frightened minority Muslim and Aslam's elder brother is a typical Hindu hating uh, hardcore Muslim fanatic and uh, he has become a fanatic simply because his father is a frightened Muslim minority. And then we are introduced to Karan who is a frustrated uh, son of a filthy rich uh, businessman and uh, we all know Bollywood's definition of a filthy rich businessman. He has to be uh, corrupt and shady. He has to indulge in all sorts of um, sleazy business practices and Karan's father is no exception to this. Uh, in this case, Karan's father uh, is shown as a guy who fixes uh, all sorts of uh, horrible corrupt uh, defense deals which causes the deaths of uh, Indian Air Force pilots. One such uh, Indian Air Force pilot who dies in a MiG plane crash is a close friend of these five uh, jobless youth. His name is uh, Flight Lieutenant uh, Ajay Rathod and uh, his death leaves them shattered quite naturally and uh, forms a major turning point uh, in Rangde Basanti. The corruption in uh, defense procurement of which uh, Karan's father is a broker and a middleman, uh, this corruption is directly linked to the Indian uh, defense minister who is shown as cold and cruel and uh, heartless. Uh, he is willing to do anything to make sure that uh, news of this is covered up. And so it is at this point in the movie that uh, all these five jobless uh, people find their real purpose in life, which is to eliminate this kind of uh, political corruption by becoming revolutionaries, by taking some kind of uh, radical action that will uh, shake up the entire political system and send a strong message to the entire country. And it is exactly at this point that the film shows them as the modern day avatars of uh, the heroic uh, freedom fighters, revolutionaries like Chandrasekhar Azad, Bhagat Singh, uh, Rajguru, Ram Prasad, Bismil and uh, Ashwakullah Khan. The CPR tone of the past merges into the brilliant colors of the digital present at this precise moment. This is the only reason, this is the main reason for why the narrative, the storytelling, the screenplay of Rangde Basanti 
uses the period of the Indian freedom struggle as an integral part of its entire premise, of its entire story. In fact, the blockbuster commercial success of Rangde Basanti would have been impossible if it had not been sexed up with cherry-picked and twisted narratives of these genuinely, truly revolutionary heroes of our freedom struggle. Now, Bhagat Singh was a declared admirer of Lenin. That is a fact of history. But his admiration was based entirely on the laudatory hagiographies of the psychotic mass murderer Vladimir Lenin. These hagiographies, now politely known as biographies, had flooded markets worldwide during Bhagat Singh's period. And besides, Bhagat Singh advocated armed struggle to overthrow an oppressive foreign power, namely the colonial British. But who did Lenin overthrow in a murderous coup? Whose blood did Lenin spill so copiously? He spilled the blood of his own countrymen, the Russians. Now contrast this yawning difference separating the fundamental character of Bhagat Singh and Vladimir Lenin. The former was a mere boy. He was not even 30 years old when he died. Bhagat Singh was innately noble. He was virtuous, compassionate, patriotic and truly heroic. Now, one has to be congenitally evil at the level of the soul in order to be someone like uh, Vladimir Lenin. But then uh, appropriating truly great heroes, saints and uh, other eminent people is another great uh, art form. It's a great achievement of uh, a diabolic mindset that the leftists have perfected. In fact, for the longest time, the communists of West Bengal had tried to appropriate the legacy of Swami Vivekananda and tried to paint him as a great communist hero, but failed repeatedly and uh, failed miserably. So the parallel is unmistakable. In Rangde Basanti, there is no difference between the constitutionally elected government of independent India and colonial British rule. Let me repeat that. In Rangde Basanti, there is no difference between the constitutionally elected government of independent India and colonial British rule. This is the exact message that the movie wants to convey at a subtle psychological level by bringing in the narrative of Chandrasekhar Azad, Bhagat Singh, Ram Prasad Bismil and equating them with a bunch of five losers who have no direction in life, who haven't taken up a productive job and generally spend all their time spending their parents' money getting drunk or getting high on weed. And because there is no difference between the constitutionally elected government of independent India and an oppressive colonial British rule, all methods and tactics to overthrow this government of independent India are not only valid, but are acts of freedom struggle. But the Indian government in Rangde Basanti is not just any government. It is a specific government. Rangde Basanti is a movie 
that specifically targets the BJP-led government, the first NDA government headed by former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee. At this point, things start becoming clearer. You name the Congress or the communist uh, slur or insult hurled against the BJP and Rangde Basanti magnifies it with a special relish. Let's look at a few major slurs. The corrupt defense deals, the image of the BJP as a Brahmin Baniya party, its alleged uh, hatred against Muslims, its militant uh, Hindutva ideology, its uh, regressive attitude towards Western culture. And it's not a coincidence that the defense minister of India in the period in which Rangde Basanti is set has the Brahmin surname Shastri. But just to be clear, this Shastri bears an uncanny resemblance to former defense minister, the late George Fernandez, who was forced to resign owing to the sleazy journalism of Tehelka, whose owner Tarun Tejpal is facing rape charges. It is also not a coincidence that the same Tehelka placed a glorifying uh, cover page on its second anniversary which was published in 2006 and guess the year in which Rangde Basanti was released 2006 try to beat this ecosystem if you can but it is in the depiction and treatment of Hindutva and the BJP as a political party with a specific ideology that Rangde Basanti really bears its poisoned fangs. Lakshman Pandey, before discovering his inner Ramprasad Bismil, the perfect metaphor of militant and regressive Hindutva as defined by the communists. His surname Pandey is indicative of a dominant North Indian caste. His violent boorishness and lack of manners is unmistakably rooted in his rustic Hindu cultural background and is therefore a misfit in that closeted communist circle. But it is Su who really awakens his inner Ramprasad Bismil as he is incapable of even possessing such a faculty. Su, the large-hearted Su. The 21st century carrier of the 19th century white man's burden of properly civilizing this native Hindu, she has an unfinished colonial task. And Sue discharges this great duty by healing the hostility between Lakshman Pandey and the four other jobless youth. But Lakshman Pandey still has a long way before becoming fully civilized. That occurs with a penultimate step of his violent disillusionment with his Hindutva party, with his nationalist party in power at the center. When Pandey confronts his mentor in the party who is shown to be close to the corrupt defense minister about the plane crash, the mentor has him beaten up right there. Right at that point is a suggestion. This is how the BJP treats his most loyal foot soldiers. Torn, wounded and bloody, Pandey is later offered weed by the rich drug addict, the same filthy rich Karan, sitting on the steps of a hospital. It's a profound moment. 
the rich chocolate boy siddharth and the rugged rustic atul kulkarni sharing a drag embracing communism but the weed only brings temporary relief to pande who has to take that decisive ultimate step before he's fully cured of the hell of hindutva that ultimate step is his apology to the decent muslim aslam lakshman pandey is now thoroughly civilized that is he becomes secular a new communist porn star is born and that brings us to the end of the first episode of uh, a critical deep dive analysis of uh, rangde basanti in the next episode in part 2 we shall look at the various uh, dangerous levels at which the communist propaganda operates in rangde basanti and uh, add a few concluding remarks thanks so much for uh, tuning into this episode of the dharma podcast and uh, see you in the next episode